Welcome to the Questions for the Sages podcast. I'm Michael Scherer. Ananda Vrindavaneshwari Devi Dasi is the president of the Hare Krishna Temple in Potomac, Maryland. We sat to discuss the year 2017 and some of the things we look forward to in 2018. You can hear the Questions for the Sages podcast on questionsforthesages.com, the Questions for the Sages Facebook page, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Thanks to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland for making this podcast possible. Welcome to Questions for the Sages. I'm Michael Scherer, and today um, I'm very pleased to be speaking with the president of the Hare Krishna Temple in Potomac, Maryland, again, uh, Ananda Vrindavaneshwari Devidasi. Thank you for being on the podcast. Delighted to be here, Michael. And we wanted to talk about, uh, we're at the, we're, we're nearing the end of the year. Um, we're we're uh, well into G- uh, December. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was my last chance to speak to you before the new year, basically, before 2018. And so uh, I was hoping to just look at the year, to look at the year 2017. 2017 also in January uh, on, on Martin Luther King Jr. Day um, was the first episode of the podcast. Yeah. And there's been a new episode every week since then. So um, we're on, I believe this is 47. And before we really get started, I did want to thank also uh, three people who who helped to get the ball moving probably more than they realized. And that was uh, Giri Govardhan Das, Deva Prasta Das, and Hari Kirtan Das. Because when, you know, I sort of said, you know, I'd like to do a podcast and I have these questions... Uh, they were the first to step up and say, okay, yeah, let's talk. Uh, or or uh, with Geary and, and Hari Kirtan, they sent in recordings and um, really helped to to get things going. And I appreciate their help. Um, so I just wanted to, to mention that. Also, that there's a lot of people I've approached, I've asked if, if they will be on the podcast, who didn't want to be on the podcast. And uh, I just wanted to say that that's fine. You know, no no <laughs> problem. And there's there are some people who agreed to be on the podcast, but later uh, had reservations. And um, uh, them also, I don't want you to feel any um, consternation or anything. That's it's totally understandable. Uh, but, but also I want to thank everyone who has been on the podcast and has uh, contributed to the questions for the Sages podcast. And like we were saying earlier, I'm sorry, I'm going on and on, but uh, <clears throat> I feel very comfortable uh, defending the name of this podcast. And I am very comfortable uh, uh, making the claim that everyone I've interviewed on this podcast is a sage. They have been sages. So um, if anyone disputes that claim, please come to me and I will set you straight. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, the, the podcast has been a highlight of my, my year, uh, looking at things from the perspective of a community president. Mm. I just think it's, a, it's such a wonderful um, service to the community just to give an opportunity for conversations to happen and a safe sp- place 
for people to share their story and then a chance that we can listen to their stories. And I've gotten to know so many people through your podcast because we may meet once a week at, at the temple and there's hundreds of us at the temple and you just don't get the time right. to get to know so many people. So I've really appreciated that. Um, I love the name too. I think it's a bit tongue-in-cheek as they say, but um, and some may not have been sages for ages as you're interviewing them. And of course, it depends on how you define a sage. Right. You know, it tends to bring us back to the idea of, you know, a sage sitting in the forest with a long beard and uh, in meditation for many years. Um, but of course, the Krishna Bhakti idea would be someone who's interested in spiritual truth or really interesting in asking important questions of life or even um, taking the time to um, learn something more about how to... Uh, understand who we are and who Krishna is and and how that may inter inter intercept with with our life as it is yeah and we do have a I believe a, a misconception I think we have to uh, I think over time this will happen but we'll clear up our ideas of of Vedic civilization and and one thing is oh yeah if if you're wearing a beard and a loincloth and are sitting on the edge of a river in the jungle well, you're probably a sage, but I have news for you. That doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? It just means you're a guy sitting next to a river. So uh, we have this sort of idealized notion. I, I think a sage is someone who, who, who's interested to hear the names of God and is interested to know what happens when you repeat those names. I mean, um, and just asking those questions and sort of like, but taking that at face value and assessing it uh, in some ways qualifies you as a sage. Whatever conclusions you come to or how you feel about it, or if you feel like this is something that, that needs to be propagated, or it's something that needs to be stopped. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of reactions out there. But um, uh, y y for the most part, I, I, I never have an interview lined up ahead of time. And it's it's... It's geographically based, so whoever I happen to run into on the temple grounds um, and ask, that's how that's how the um, interviews happen. Because it's important that they are there. I feel like it's important that they're here. Right. So you're you're. It's like humans of New York or something like that. You're you're meeting people, real people, and and chatting to them about their life and asking them to share their insights or inspirations and what um, brought them here and what brought them here and, yeah. and that's a beautiful thing and I think yeah we, we had this whole class today about name calling and sometimes we we get caught up in names um I think there's a chapter in the Bhagavatam isn't it about the questions you know uh, yeah that, it's like questions to the sages yeah, or, something or it's questions like by the by sages. the sages yeah. yeah so um and you know, like anything, you can have a broad definition of anything. Um, yeah. So I think, um, but what you're trying to do in terms of just in this, especially in this day and age where we often really don't have time for just good conversation. And I always felt one of the important practices of bhakti, uh, starting with Krishna's conversation with Arjuna on the battlefield, is to promote good conversation, to really open up this idea uh, and this invitation that every single person is important and valuable and has stuff to say that can 
inform our life and inspire our life and and like you say we're particularly interested in those who are who are on a spiritual journey who have come to the point in their life where they're saying you know okay i need to i need to figure this out or i need a little more or you know what the hell's going on that stuff like that so yeah. i think um <clears throat> when i listen to the podcasts during the week and um it also helps me um go to the people that I run into in a more conversational mood. Mm-hmm. So I love that from it as well. Mm. Just encourages this idea of of having time for each other. Yes. Yes. That's and that's a nice thing about the podcast format is there's no there's our commercial breaks and there's really time to let it breathe, you know, like really talk about what you want to talk about. Um so I'm, I, you know, I'm glad that we're able to use that, and you know, it's um, it's a good use of the technology we have. But I, I'm also curious about, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other things going on here at the temple that I don't know about. Um, what what else has um, what else has come up uh, this year? What 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 what's happened? Um, okay, lots of great things have happened, and before we move away from the podcast, okay. since you thanked a lot of people who helped you get the podcast started, I also want to thank you, who've really um, brought a lot of energy around sound and recording, and you know, being at the temple, really recording our class as well, or to speak of starting this podcast, which was a, an outgrowth of that, and just... Yeah. Just to, I know many, many people in this community and listeners around the world are so grateful to the level of attention you've brought to sound. It's kind of like sound honoring sound. And again, at the heart of bhakti is this idea that sound is is how knowledge is is brought to our soul. You know, how, yeah. how we let in um, that spiritual energy and how that spiritual energy through sound cleanses. And so, you know, I really appreciate how you've helped facilitate that in, in a very professional way. So, Well, thank you very much. You're one of my 2017 heroes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there a cash award? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just yet. kidding. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, and I wanted to mention 2018, uh, I hope to make some forays into uh, some nice kirtan recordings and making those happen regularly. So we'll see how that plays out, but that's something I would like to see happen. Wonderful, yeah. You know, fingers crossed, you know, yeah. we'll Kirtan's see Kirtan's how... a little harder to uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot capture. more going on. Mm. Um, but I think generally things are in place, so we'll be able to, uh, to get, some... because the other thing is I ask, I always ask people what's their favorite thing about, their favorite form of bhakti yoga, Mm. And uh, for me, it is well. Obviously, uh, it's the sound, mm. I guess. And um, and kirtans in particular are special, and um, I think they deserve uh, some uh, solid effort. And, and not necessarily. I'm not talking about the 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 performers, the singers, the drum players. I'm talking about the infrastructure that supports them. Mm. You know, having having good microphones in place and and audience attendance so that we can grow a kirtan culture mm. you know here at the temple so so stay tuned for 2018 hopefully we'll make some progress there 
Right. Yeah. A, a great, uh, a famous kirtanir in Iskand used to say, kirtan is my bhajan. And bhajan is another word for meditation or where my heart, yes. my heart is. And yeah. so, yeah, again, um, kirtan, to do it well for the pleasure of the Lord, to make a pleasing sound and to really um, make it happen right, I think... Uh, yeah, well, I'm so happy to hear that that's, that's a goal of yours. You, you know, there's another thing, too, is that <clears throat> for most people, I would say, they would say, you're a Hare Krishna? Really? Like, why? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Still, but I, they say that? Well, I mean, in, I mean, you know, the Hare Krishna community is very small. Yes. Th there's not true. that many people. I, in general, the people out there, it's just it's a cipher they don't get it they don't understand it and uh you know maybe it just wouldn't appeal to them but i feel like if i can get a couple of good kirtan recordings and say listen to this then they'll be like oh mm. now i see why what you're doing like i now i get it now mm. i understand why you're participating with the hari krishnas it's not just that you've lost your mind it's that there's this incredible beauty that you're 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 trying to um, to to not only expose but to spread, you know. Okay, so you feel you can help them understand a little bit what what's so attractive about it for you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's sort of um, it's it's my explanation of why I'm here in yes. some ways. You yes. know, if if we can get those good recordings, that yeah, then it'll be then it's obvious. You yeah. know. Okay. Okay. May 2018 be <laughs> Kirtan successful for yes. you. Yes, yeah. Um, other things of last year, some highlights. Well, uh, we got two new calves at the temple, two new oh, young right. cows. Um, our old cow, Lakshmi, passed away. She had been at the temple for many, many years. And, of course, um, taking care of cows, uh, somebody just la the other day... Um, when my husband was describing, we have a big farm in Pennsylvania that has many cows, and we get him some milk from them once a week at Kitanagri. And they were saying, oh, it's like assisted living for cows, right? When Because we don't ever kill the cows. Oh, so after right. they finish giving milk, we, we take care of them until they die a right. natural death. Right. So we had a cow here called Lakshmi, which is the name for the goddess of fortune, because... In the practice of Krishna consciousness, um, the cow is seen as our mother. And it's not such a, a difficult idea to understand because she gives milk. She nurtures and nourishes everyone. And so why would you want to kill your mother when she stopped giving milk? And so part of that culture is not only to honor all, um, all life, uh, human and animal and plant but an earth but um, particularly we have affection for the cows and Krishna was very affectionate to the cows so anyway last year Lakshmi uh, passed away and it was very nice the, the devotees were around and doing kirtan uh, for mm -hmm. Lakshmi and then shortly after that we had the opportunity um, to get two cows from a dairy farm young calves uh, we named them Gita and Vani and um, they were probably, we could say they were rescued from going to the slaughterhouse because they weren't considered the best of the cows in really? the dairy farm. Yeah. 
So that's it, a lovely thing. And they're growing really nicely. We extended the barn for them and you know, made a nice area for them. So that was a wonderful thing we did. Do you plan to milk them at some point? No, no. Never? No. Okay. Not these. We don't have the um, infrastructure to support that. Basically, these are like the luckiest cows uh, that have some of they they've won the cow lottery <laughs> right <laughs> because they're just being removed from an industrialized uh, extraction process exactly just to frolic here on the temple grounds and and not have any to, to contribute really anything right like um nothing's being taken from them milk or or anything like that i mean as far as cow lives go, that's pretty darn good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that the, we understand that um, consciousness, life, is a symptom of the presence of the soul, right? So that the souls in those cow bodies, you know, are fortunate souls. You can say the cow is a fortunate cow, but really, they, it's just a covering. Uh, the, the body yeah. of the cow is just a covering. I see what you mean. Soul. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're certainly they're certainly fortunate because. Um, they're in an environment where they're loved and honored, and they'll, you know, they're still animals, so, you know, they, they have their own animal life. Sure. But, um, it's, it's just part of the, it, but, but for, what they give us is they remind us of, um, yeah, the importance of the symbiotic relationship between cows and humans, even though we're not milking, and that, um, you know, cows and in tradition and traditional village culture the cows were very close to the family um and they were part of like just like the oxen would you know his job was to till the field and the cows to give milk and 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 the the families would take care of them like that so our effort is just to highlight the importance that that we as humans don't need to eat meat to get our protein um that cows, all animals, but particularly the gentle, sweet cow, who is really the mother of all society. Um, We like, you know, I personally avoid a lot of, I I avoid dairy that doesn't come from um, protected cows. Mm -hmm. And you can't get a lot of dairy from protected cows in America, except from, I think we're probably the only farm that has that. The only farm? The only farm. uh, We have a few other farms, but they don't, you know, that's just for within their community um, that they, but this particular farm in Gitanagari, you know, produces a lot of milk that gets sent to many different temples. It so seems to me with the little marketing, I mean, if you wanted to grow the operation and the notion, well, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot to that because there's it, the reason they eliminate cows as soon as they're non-productive is just because of economics right so it, it is a, it is more expensive it's not as economically efficient to keep the cows around and and take care the of them so it's not going to be as, as well. yeah, and the milk is more expensive but to say that you know we're, we're the only or one of the only farms where the, the cows give milk and they're not killed at any time yeah. um seems like it seems appealing and it would it would be appealing to a lot of people yeah it's a wonderful thing the the just excessive slaughter of animals uh, for food i always find you know 
this whole idea of pardoning the turkey while you know they all go you know waddling off to the to the slaughter i mean there's just such a level of unconscious connection you know yeah. there's, there's just like blanks and people's like we pardon these and then we eat the others and so you know just across the scale this industrial farming this animal farming it's just it's it's really horrible and according to the teachings of the gita there's a lot of you know the suffering that we're causing to animals there's a lot of bad karma connected to that because yeah. it's just such an imbalance you know and it's really unnecessary well the problem isn't the imbalance it's the problem is that it balances so that as much suffering as we cause we we it, yeah. that's it, the balance that's the problem <laughs> so anyway Gita and Vani and they love us and we love them yeah and how are they doing they're doing really healthy. well yes healthy and happy and because we got them when they're young they're very friendly mm. so they're friendly to people and so everybody loves to go visit them we have to be very strict uh, some people love to feed them uh, all kinds mm. of non-cow things yeah. but besides that they're doing well so that was a that was a wonderful thing that happened this year um, how how long do cows live generally? I'm actually not the best person for cow, uh, that kind of cow information. <laughs> okay. So we'll have to Google that one. But All another right. thing connected to the cows that we've managed to maintain doing, which I, I also appreciate, is that we do drive uh, three hours there and back um, once a week to the farm in Pennsylvania. Um, it's called Kitanagari Farm, the yoga farm. And we bring back... Uh, 40 gallons of milk um, to make the milk sweets that are offered to Krishna, the Mangalarti sweets and the sweet rice, the burfi and sandesh. So we make those sweets for Krishna from milk from protected cows. Mm. Because the whole idea of expressing your love for Krishna is to try to do things for him that will make him really happy. And he loves to get uh, milk from, because he loves cows, and so it pains his heart that, you know, the cows are not treated very well. No. And then we're also able to bring back, I think, about 50 or 60 gallons of milk for community members who want to purchase that milk. So people buy one or two or three gallons of milk um, a week, and mm -hmm. we bring it to the temple, and they pick it up from here. And so I'm really happy to be able to provide those opportunities. It, is that something that's sort of developed in 2017, or is this sort of continuing? It's uh, continuing, but, you know... It's very easy to start things. It's not so easy to maintain things. Yes. And so I like to acknowledge the things that we've been able to maintain yeah. and continue um, to keep steady. We can't, you know, increase it too much just because we have a limited space in the car for the drive back with all the milk. With like but 100 gallons of milk. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but it's just been a very steady program mm -hmm. and, and we've, we've maintained it. So that's that's what I feel very good about. Yeah. And have any cows in? Is it you said Gita Nagari? Yes. Have have any cows made it to the Vanaprastha stage <laughs> of cow life yet? Oh, <laughs> or the, yes. Or the retired stage? Yeah, the the assisted living stage. Um, yes, many cows over there um, are um, retired cows. Uh, okay. And they spend their Days lolling in the pastures it's and making fertilizer. <laughs> bringing a beautiful cow presence. Have you ever, you should drive out to Gitanagri. I should. If well, you sit by a cow, if you stay a little time by a cow, the cow is 
like it's like the mode of goodness. Hmm. There's such a powerful, pure, um, like spiritual energy around around. Well, at least these around cows. bovines. Um, cows are very um, very special. Very okay. special, and maybe the Krishna cows are a little more special. But if you ever have any anxiety or kind of passionate energy, cows are very calming. Hmm. Very, very calming. Yeah. They are just unhurried creatures. Right. And They're ruminants. It's, they ruminate. Yes, they ruminate. <laughs> and so it's really good to be around that energy. Uh-huh. So uh, the yoga farm, look it up and, and go out there. Okay. It's a beautiful community. Um, and... Uh, they're really doing a wonderful, a wonderful job with taking care of the cows, and we're we're honoured to be connected to them and to yeah. support them by purchasing the milk. Right, right. Hmm. Well, yeah, I will have to get out there. And is that is that a, um, is that like a temple trip? Like, do two people go out there every week? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. You see, Geary drives out there every Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Bit of country fresh air. Probably listens to him. listens to kirtans and lectures uh, on the way. The podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, so that's my cow good news, and then um, also this year at the temple, um, the bhakti lounge got started. Oh yes, um, right. That's really um, doing well as well. Yeah. Now, and what is it? The Bhakti Lounge is uh, a program we host on a Sunday morning from 10 to 12 in the morning before our main Sunday program. And it's a lounge in the sense that it's like being in your sitting room, as they say in Europe, or your living room, right? Where there's seats and couches and... Parlor. um, Parlor. Well, who has parlors these days? It's funny. That's that's a regional thing. Like what you would call that kind of room depends on where you live. But anyway. But anyway, it's a place where um, there are uh, conversations um, about Krishna, and it's for those who want to maybe who know me a little bit about Krishna want to go deeper. And so um, usually around ten or twelve people gather there. Sometimes new people. Sometimes people coming back. And there's discussions, led intentional discussions on various topics about spiritual practice, you know, soul life, the perspective of life from the soul, what is bhakti, who's Krishna, how can I develop that relationship? Because, you know, life, you know, life demands reflection and life also is helped with, you know, discussion and exchange. So the bhakti lounge really tries to to do that. The way I I see it is like, <clears throat> the Bhakti Lounge will probably continue, and in a couple of years, people like will, will ask, "What did we do before there was a Bhakti Lounge?" <laughs> like what? Uh, because that's the that's the interface between the person who walks through, and it's like, "Oh, well, that's interesting," and someone who's like, "Well, what's going on here?" Like that person who has that question, it, it's 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 the obvious format where where they would go and say, "What's going on here?" Yeah, the Bhakti Lounge is like a next, a next step place. And what's interesting about this Bhakti Lounge, which I think is different from other Bhakti Lounges, because um, there are bu- bu- you know little Bhakti Lounges in other, near, in other cities or near other temples. But this one, we don't just use the same format that we have at the temple, which is kirtan, and then a talk, and then a little, you know, prasad or sacred food at the end. Right. Um, so, but it's really... Um, 
And sometimes we have kirtan or sometimes I do a little japa meditation. But it's much more, it's like a small group where there's a, where there's a little community um, kind of forms within that couple of hours. And there's, everybody participates. Yes. Well, um, when you mentioned those three things, like uh, in the normal thing where you have a, a, a kirtan, a lecture, and prasadam, there's no listening in there uh, among those three things. Yeah, maybe they take questions for the lecture. But the big difference from my perspective in the bhakti lounge is that you'll be heard like you, whatever you have to say or whatever you're feeling, someone's going to hear that. Uh, whereas the other sort of standard or orthodox approaches are like, we're going to tell you. Right. Or you're listening, you're yeah, receiving. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and somebody said um, when they went to the Bhakti Lounge that there they were able to ask a question, which they were too shy to ask mm. in front of our question. We try to run our Sunday talk where there's the, the talk is 20 or 30 minutes long and then there's a good 20 minutes for questions uh, but still to ask a question in front of a crowd of 200 people may be a little hard to do um, so the bhakti lounge creates that safe space yeah. as you say um, not but to ask that question and to listen but also to be heard that if the person goes there and says if the topic was about loneliness for recently they were talking a lot about this idea of alone and, and, and loneliness and, and, and somebody would be able to say, yeah, I actually feel lonely at times, and, and, and how can this practice of Krishna Bhakti help that? So I'm really happy at, at how the Bhakti Lounge is kind of settling and finding itself, mm -hmm. because again, it's easy to start off something, and I've seen that over and over again, sure. but to sustain it, and to sustain mean, from when I say sustain, it, it doesn't, it means the ability to um, change if needed, to keep to keep something going. And so the Bhakti Lounge has has kind of found its voice, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 then um, you know, yeah. different things have happened in there that, that that Giri, who's the director of the Bhakti Lounge, has 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 seen to to be helpful to to um, incorporate yeah, or, you know, to be helpful to encourage people in deepening mm. their relationship with Krishna. It's become a place where relationships flourish in bhakti yeah. and that and that and then people take that experience and take it back into their lives to help relationships flourish there because ultimately at the heart of bhakti is relationship. Mm. So the the temple program is amazing and we have great talks and, and, and even the question answers are good. Um, but yeah, the bhakti lounge is... is um, uh, I won't say it's it's the next step, but it's it's a, it's it's a great step for people who are ready for uh, a more maybe intimate or um, joining a smaller group of people to discuss uh, not just to hear the philosophy, but to actually how do we live this? Mm -hmm. How does this speak to my life, and how can I talk about that and with others, and how can I hear that from others? Yeah, and I would imagine that um, you know Geary's sort of the um, the um, the resident expert, but I would imagine that he's benefiting from the Bhakti Lounge in profound ways as much as any of the new people. Oh yeah, Geary says that, and of course Geary's are Geary's are sadhu. Sadhu is the word for the wise man, but. Um, Kiri says that uh, the Bhakti Lounge has been a real transformative experience for him. Mm -hmm. um, 
And again, the idea, sometimes I like to describe it as we tend to have um, a distant compassion, <laughs> you know, that we'll, you know, it's kind of, we'll distribute books, we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll feed people, we'll distribute books, but when, when you get closer to people's lives, you find out they're really messy. Yeah. You know, say, we have this yeah. mantra that will say, Chan Hari Krishna and be happy. So, you know, take it with you, <laughs> make mm -hmm. it work and yeah. be happy. Make, make it work over there. Over right. there. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and, and, but invariably, you know, we, there's so much stuff in all of our lives. And if there's not stuff in our life now, stuff will come into our lives mm -hmm. or most of it. Somewhere or the other, there'll be struggles. And so the Bhakti Lounge has been a place where, you know, you really learn about people and their struggles. And if you if you can actually then, that compassion can come a little closer and we can actually see how, and ultimately how by community and friendships, um, and, and again, deepening that relationship with the Lord in the heart, can walk through these messy parts of our life. You know, those those moments of shame or he does a lot of work with shame or loneliness or just, you know, I there's a beautiful couple here that, you know, the, the young woman in, in this young couple, she has to face a very, a, a very difficult um, operation, like very difficult that's just suddenly come upon them. And so, you know, life is lived in the living. You know, no. and and we we, you know, I I sometimes and I'm I'm guilty of this as well. Just the idea of kind of a distant compassion. <laughs> right, it's much Our, uh, more sanitary. <laughs> I, I I had this I had this experience in Vrindavan one time. I lived there for many years in India, a very sacred space, and um, I had a good friend Nirguna who was, who loved animals, right? And so she was anytime there was any. In, in India at that time, animals were everywhere and at your doorstep and all kinds of things. We used to have a cow who'd come in right into our door first thing in the morning, every morning, just from the street, hmm. you know, who got habituated to to some of the carrots we had in our house or whatever. But anyway, she was really good with animals. So if there was an injured parrot or this or that, she'd always be there and she had no trouble. So I was walking home one day from the temple to my house and there was this tiny baby monkey very badly injured mm. sitting on the step um, of another house about five houses down and I passed that monkey and I felt terrible for that monkey but I got on my phone and I called Nirguna because she's really good at that and mm. and she she didn't pick up the phone and so in my mind I was like you have to help that monkey and I was like no 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 I can't do this and I really felt Krishna was challenging me so I actually went on and I thought well somebody else will take care of that and and I went to my house and about probably five minutes or something later I heard this little whimpering at the door of my Are house and that me? little monkey was on my doorstep it followed you yes and I thought Krishna Krishna yeah, is just you know, like, making me face this yeah that's and, not very subtle <laughs> yeah and making me face you know, my inability to, you know, my ability to be, you know, very quote-unquote compassionate, right, mm. in quotes. Uh, but then when I was faced with something right in front of me that I actually had to wow. to work with it, and, and I did, and got a little box, and, you know, Nirguna came over later. But, you know, it was a real, it was really, um, you know, it really felt like, you know, don't walk away. 
mm. you know don't walk away and, mm. and 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 you can do that so um so i feel the bhakti lounge um is a place where um you know we really have time for each other and that and that giri is very good at being a good listener for people's story and, and people's difficulties and being able to say and that people leave there feeling yeah i can actually work through this or i feel krishna in my life or the my external life isn't really who i you know doesn't define who i am the traumas of my life don't define me because i am something much more than that from from the soul level from the spiritual level so it's very wonderful i'm really really happy and they have a lovely environment there and yeah, it's, um it's they have some nice little they just provide some nice little freshly made vegetarian snacks for everybody so it's all coming together very nicely mm. yeah and yeah i started um when i was at the beginning of 2017 i i did the my interviews in there yeah. in the bhakti lounge but then as as the bhakti lounge sort of came together i've had to excuse me move out and and find other spaces but it's fine because i realized there's there's something important going on in there and yeah now they have a bhakti lounge too in the afternoon so bhakti lounge in the morning is okay. really for those who are um more new to the practice but then bhakti lounge too is for those who have been around for a while and really want to start digging deeper okay. into into next level questions did that just start is, yeah just a few weeks back okay so it's so this natural organic growth and the people who are coming to the bhakti lounge too are they generally people who live on the temple grounds no 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 no, no. people who have been coming to it's like bhakti lounge 1 have now they're coming to bhakti lounge 2 because it's just evolving conversations but yeah, yeah, the point yeah. is it's growing and you know we all we're not new forever you know there's always new people we have about 10 maybe 15 20 new people come in on a sunday mm-hmm. um and then some people you know come back again and again and and they're not new anymore and they want to know more and they want to start maybe practicing on a deeper level or yeah. they want to you know get a mentor and stuff like that so there has to be a place for people who are really new that say well why don't you come back next sunday and join the bhakti lounge because that will if you're interested really to see if this practice of Krishna consciousness is something that might work for you in your life. In our life we need to be physically healthy, emotionally healthy and spiritually healthy. And so is bhakti is this bhakti yoga can this be something you can walk with with your life. So mm-hmm. that's what we try to uh give people an opportunity to try out. And the bhakti lounge, you know, there's other ways that people can connect at the temple. The bhakti lounge is one way. Right. Uh, some people like to stay afterwards for kirtan braj also gives a, a morning class uh, one interesting thing a few years back uh, when we changed um we used to do the sunday program in the evening it would start at 4:30 and it would go till 7 so about 5 years ago we changed it to noon so it goes for middle of the day uh-huh. and we found that was really helpful because then we could do programs in the morning before it and we could do things in the afternoon after it like your questions for the sages. Right. Or um they'll have kirtan in the temple or this afternoon we had uh, a new team is forming around the food for life programs we're trying to develop and uh, applying for grants for this year. So having it in the middle has allowed all kinds of other great things to happen around it. Right. So bhakti lounge in the morning it's also Braj Bihari's systematic reading of the Srimad Bhagavatam 
from 10.30 to noon in the morning. So all those programs are part of, part of growth for me, and you said this the other day, is not necessarily doing new things, but mm-hmm. deepening the ones you have. Yes. Um, which means, you know, sus- and sustaining them means they're becoming richer, creamier, deeper. The, well, one time Prabhupada said that. He said, you know, when there was great growth in the Hare Krishna movement, and he said at one point, you know, stop now. Don't bring in any more new people. Just boil the milk. Mm-hmm. You know, really, for those you've got, help them become a little deeper. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, it seems to me at this point. Well, I can't really speak for anybody, but I, I see. I see the um, the importance of of not diversifying, but instead intensifying what what's already here. Yes. You know. Yeah. Because diversity, well, part of the reason that you mentioned earlier, there's a problem with starting things and not maintaining them. Yeah. So if things fall apart, the point it isn't the the goal isn't to go and start three more things <laughs> that, that will also fall <laughs> apart, apart. Yeah. but to 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 put some support under under what's there already. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing, and uh, I mean anyone who comes to the Hari Krishna. Temple in Potomac, Maryland, what, at 10 o'clock on Sunday, 10 a.m., mm-hmm. mm-hmm. can walk into the Bhakti Lounge, which is a, it's a yes. building. It's a, it's yes. a structure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, I think, and also, the idea is also for our 1230 kirtans, it's, it's just this mood for everything that we try to do here. How can we do it better um, in a way that has, you know, Deep, opens the heart or that it can be like our kirtans can be more melodious for the Lord you know that can help people enter into feel some emotion towards yeah. Krishna so to move away from you know just like kind of showing up and doing doing our thing as opposed to being conscious and intentional about it yeah so yeah, yeah. because really at the end of the day um, you know, or at the end of the year, time gallops along so fast. Yeah. But you actually have to just be present at, at that particular moment or talk or class or discussion and, and, and make it the best it can be, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I have to say, um, there's nothing quite like hearing a kirtan. Uh, and and I don't, this is sort of an aside, but if, you know, if... Uh, if you have a chance to hear one for half an hour a week, mm. uh, you know my advice is take advantage of it because mm. uh, it's it's a it's a lovely thing. Mm. Um, not many, not too many really beautiful things in the world, mm. really, mm. Uh, and that's but that's one of them, yeah. you know. Nice. So okay, well the Bhakti Lounge sounds like it sounds like Giri's doing a, a, yes. a, a yeoman's job over there at the Bhakti Lounge. <laughs> Yes, and just to mention two other programs, not at the temple, but um, the Institute at Silver Spring, which uh, in many ways is kind of like a bhakti lounge. Of course, that's been going on for years. That's the um, the Institute for Applied Spiritual Technology, IFAST, uh, which was started by Bhakti Tirta Swami, mm-hmm. who's um, uh, a well-known spiritual master in ISKCON who passed away uh, a number of years ago. Um, but they do a program on Saturday morning, and um, Giri uh, often teaches there. Oh, okay. And uh, 
they do a similar program, which is basically a brunch, which is some nice kirtan, and then they'll have a discussion talk, and then they'll all have lunch together. And one other program that's happening as well is um, Bhakti Yoga DC, which is a yoga studio in DC um, that's... Which I, I feel like I should know more about. Yeah. But tell me about that a little bit. It's a beautiful studio down... Um, I don't exactly know where, but down in the heart of D.C. It takes ages to get to it from this side of the mm. world. Um, they do kirtans on Friday nights, and they do a satsanga program on a Tuesday night, and then they have regular yoga classes. But it's... Um, so this is a yoga studio? It's a yoga studio. It's called Bhakti Yoga D.C. In downtown D.C. run okay. by a devotee, a yoga teacher. Um, but lots of people um, from Bhakti Yoga DC also visit our temple uh, on Sunday and come to the Bhakti Lounge, then come to the Sunday, uh, the Sunday open house um, and get involved in different ways. So uh, there's a nice uh, triangling going on there, a nice link between all of these areas. And again, they're just little, little pathways, little roadways to you know, help people feel comfortable um, trying to understand it. As you say, Kirtan's incredible. We have an incredible philosophy, uh, incredible, you know, compassion-based lifestyle. Um, so we just would we just want to make it as easy for people to check it out mm -hmm. and to see if it can answer some of their well, questions or shed light on some of why it is the way things are and you know what can I do about it or what can I do for myself within it. Is there any connection with, what is this, it's Bhakti Yoga DC? Yes. B-H-A-K-T-I, Bhakti Yoga DC. Um, is, there, is there any sort of interchange uh, going on, like sort of at an official level with Bhakti Yoga DC, or does, does the teacher there just happen to come to this temple once uh, uh, regularly yeah no um gopi um the gopi manjuri is the name of the owner of bhakti yoga dc so she's been a member of this temple for many years she lives in arlington um so she regularly comes here we're old friends uh -huh. and um but is there sort of more sort of interchange going on with uh you know, sort of events there and events here, or um, uh, we intersect now and then. Sometimes we go down and do kirtan there, or they'll come up here. But basically, you no, know, we're just kind of, you know, she does her thing, we do our thing, like mm -hmm. that. But we coordinate on certain occasions, and you know, we make sure that anybody coming to the temple from Bhakti Yoga DC is received warmly, and vice versa, like mm -hmm. that. So yeah, okay. but they're great programs, and again, I'm just a little bit. Potomac is somehow sometimes hard to get to, so it's great for people in D.C. Right. or great in Silver Spring that they have these other points of connection. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really good. That was okay. another good thing for this year. Um, one other highlight of my year, or something that's going nicely, is um, just this local Potomac uh, Village interfaith group. Oh, so, I don't know about this. Um, I was invited to be part of that. Um, this is the second year where I was invited to be a part of that two years ago. And again, another thing that this year has kind of uh, found its voice and, and doing well, there's about 10 faith communities um, just around Potomac Village between uh, the 
Har Shalom Jewish Temple, and then there's the Mormon Temple, and uh, Baha'i, um, there's the Presbyterian Church, there's Episcopalian, and, and, and a number of others. Catholic, there's a Catholic Church, there's the Islamic Center. And so last uh, two years ago, we did our first uh, interfaith Thanksgiving ceremony, uh, uh -huh. where we all got together for an evening and every faith community offered something from their, tra from their tradition. And so this was the second year we, we did it, and I noticed this year that we've just become so much more comfortable with each other and so much more comfortable with um, connecting and, 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 and appreciating other, other ways, other mm -hmm. faith traditions. And again, just watching how if we just take the time to be with each other or hear each other or have a conversation, how, how barriers break down, how fears break down. Mm. And I've been involved in a lot of interfaith groups, especially our events, you know, in the greater DC area. But what I, what I find really like, nice about this is, is very localized. And just the power again of, of knowing your neighborhood you know, because I can yes. drive by and I say, ah, that's Rabbi Adam's place. Or, ah, yeah, that's... Um, Preacher, you know, Preacher Bob's. Yeah, Vesna's, <laughs> um, um, you know, yeah. at the LDS. And, and all of a sudden, they're people. They're not just buildings. And they're humans. And they're people yeah. sincerely doing their best. And, and I... I you know, we wonder how we can make the world a better place, and, and it really does start in your neighborhood, you know. Yeah. Not that, you know, more global uh, Virginia, you know, area, the MVD, MVD, right, the metro, the D.C. metro area uh -huh. with Maryland, Virginia. Not that larger events are important or even global yeah. events are important, but if you're, if you're anchored locally in your neighborhood and you begin to see other people who are different from you, um, not so different after all. It's yeah. it's very good. It's very good, and I, I felt it this year at this Thanksgiving dinner. It, it seems like, um, you know, uh, it it almost seems like it's easy just branch out on the internet and um, build a community there. But you know, that's that's a piece of of a puzzle, and the the, the it has to include face to face local yes. people. Yeah, uh, to complement. The sort of the nebulous, um, geography-less uh, internet thing. Um, not that that's bad, but but that it, it has to be a part of a mix. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think um, we do so much on the internet, and you can you know do all your meetings on the internet, but there's nothing like face to face. Yeah. There's nothing like um, being safe in your neighborhood, and the only way you're going to do that is to create opportunities to see each other and hear each other right um you know in person just to know who lives here and who yeah. doesn't who's yeah. passing through yeah. yeah and again it's that it's easy to love everybody until they're in your neighborhood <laughs> right. you know i you know yeah i think uh, benjamin franklin said oh, something God. like that and, um you know yeah. and so uh, it has the heart of bhakti is just such a personal thing you know the, the heart of krishna consciousness is god's a person and, you know, we're supposed to come closer to him and we're actually supposed to come closer to each other. Well, the, the best thing you can do is to serve someone who's trying to serve God. There's nothing, as far as I know, in the scriptures 
higher than that. Yes, it is said to be a servant of a servant of a servant of the Lord. But it's the goal. Yeah. Like that's the destination. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and to develop affection. Affection is one of the one of my other highlights of the year. Is just uh, been working a lot with the Gita values, you know, mm. and um, a group of devotees, you know, honed in on six key values of the Gita, uh, and one of them is affection. How that's a thread in the Gita and Krishna's affection for Arjuna, yeah. Krishna's affection for all of us, and and how we, you know, how, you know, chanting Krishna's name awakens our affection for Him. But you know, it's it's funny. Him. That's a that's one of those words that um, you don't really get until you've experienced affection. So if you haven't, like, I can see a a, a, a you know a profound scholar. Uh, maybe sitting on the bank of a river, I don't know, whatever. But, uh, you know, running across that word affection and being like, oh, okay, affection. The, the inclination of one individual <laughs> towards another. But it's like, no, you don't get it. There's a whole flavor, a whole, like, experience that um, it just doesn't come across in, in studying. Mm. It's just not accessed that way. It's it's really accessed by interacting and communicating with other people. Right. Right. Of course, interacting and communicating with other people is probably the most dangerous thing you'll ever do in your life. <laughs> yeah, but... you have mixed emotions, you know. We're just, we're a bundle of emotions and, and you know, the body and mind and heart we have and goes here, there and everywhere. But, yeah, this idea of affection and, it, you know, that broken mon- that broken monkey on my doorstep mm. was... I had, you know, I I needed to be affectionate. I needed to love it for all its brokenness, and I needed to not be afraid of it for all its brokenness. And so many things, our affection gets blocked in so many ways because of fear, or because of yeah. um, of our own experiences, like you say, of being unloved, perhaps, or are just um, the complications that you know. All of a sudden, I yeah. had this little monkey that I had to deal with. It, it would listen. I hadn't planned for this, darling. You know, I was. I got right. Things I've to got do. yeah. Um, and so, once you start living into your spiritual life, and then and then and and what it really means is because, as long as it's in the head, and we need it to be in the head to a certain extent because we it has to be based on on some sound philosophical thinking. Mm-hmm. But if we're not living it, and and that's really where, yeah, authenticity or perhaps integrity is. You have to be really honest with yourself. That it's easy to say it. It's easy to say I'm not the body, but it's not so easy when you're really faced with, you know, either heavy pain or loss or challenge. It's, you know, and that's where, that's where they say um, the greatest spiritual growth will happen if you can actually, you know. Yeah, and it worries me a little. into it. A lot of people get into spiritual life with the notion that, um, you know, through diligence and hard work, I'm just going to get to this happy place. I'm just going to be so happy. Mm-hmm. And I just need to follow these instructions and, and, and that'll happen. And I don't think happiness as a goal is problematic. And, and Prahlad Maharaj explains this very clearly in the seventh canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. He says, unhappiness is caused by the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, you know, uh, your own happiness 
probably, you may have glimpses of that, but really it's not going to happen. It's not realistic. It's not, um, it's not even a, a, a sane goal even really, because it's, um, you're going to have problems and troubles and difficulties. But the point is that you can be of service to someone else who's going through as much or worse. It, it, it's, I, I, I sort of recoil a little bit at the notion of, of um, self-improvement or, or, or uh, you know, setting private goals because the best thing you can do is to help another person on their way. And it doesn't even really matter how you feel. Really? I mean, and you're not going to feel great all the time. You're not going to be happy. I mean, you're not. So uh, I think, you know, I feel like accept that and, and move on to the next more advanced stage of spiritual life, you know, because this sort of uh, uh, hankering after utopia, uh, I think, leads to all kinds of problems politically, socially, economically, you know, it's a difficult place to be. The world is a difficult place to be. And the best thing we can do is uh, help other people get where they're going. We're not really going anywhere. I mean, okay, I'm, I'll, let me talk for myself. I'm not really going anywhere. But you know, if I can be of help, then, then there's some point. I think it's both. It's kind of like when you're on the airplane, you have to put in your... You have to get, to, your, to get your oxygen mask first. On. Yeah. And, and I think the wisdom in that is that we can have multiple goals in life. We talked about that today in the, in the, in the talk where, you know, people can really experience great joy, you know, making when they're little pottery, you know, doing pottery or doing artwork or doing anything because, you know, happiness and distress is part of life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, but you know, what, where do you want to go is important and, 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 um, you know, understanding what the point of life is or probably would say, asking question, well, why, why am I suffering? Because really by nature, the soul is, you know, happy. It's yeah. Such a, Ananda. So, but what, what I was trying to say is that I think, I think we have to be both, um, we have to take care of ourselves in order that, in order that we can best take care of others. Yeah. There's a lot of things we can do. There's a lot of things we can't do. There's a lot of things we do, and they're received quite differently than our intention was. And, you know, so I would say along with that, life is complicated. But I, I do also, I've always felt that happiness is kind of a choice in a sense, that not that, not, not in a superficial way. And, and you're absolutely right. If you try to be happy, you're generally not going to be happy. And, you know, studies have shown Brene Brown, one of my favorite speakers will say that she's found that people who really have achieved a level of of joy in their life really intentionally practice gratitude when they're just ready to receive so well what comes in front of them and see we'd say see Krishna's hand and everything so again um and and I always feel a bit funny about saying this because I never really suffered you know in life I mean if I look at the lives of other people or if I right. look at people who are in wars or in famines or in drought, I think, God, it's so easy for me to talk about just choose happiness. Seriously, you know, right. get a life, I say to myself, because I'm grateful that I'm not, but you look, you look and you look and you see there's so much suffering in the world. Um, so 
I think we have to take care of ourselves spiritually to, to, for us to really be sure about where we're going in our life and what do we want to achieve at death. If death for us is not the end, it's just a change of a body. And so where ultimately are we going? And is it a destination or is it a condition of the heart? Mm. Is it a place? Because if we say it's a relationship, then it doesn't really matter where you are because you'll have that relationship. But it also is a place. Just like we'll say Krishna is everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. The whole material world is Krishna. But he's specifically in the temple. He's in a specific location. And that's, 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 that's important to acknowledge both of those. So in a roundabout way, it's really important we take care of ourselves spiritually, physically, emotionally. That's really what a wise yogi will do in order that they can achieve their the goal of life, as described by the great sages, mm-hmm. um, the great teachers in, in the line, in this particular line, and in order that we can ourselves um, become complete by understanding who we are in, in our true identity as, as, the, as, the, as the true self, and that we can best help others, no matter where they are in their journey, whether they're just you know, fully in the world or in another tradition or young or old or, you know, whatever, fully more advanced on the path than us, that we can be of best service no matter where we are in life. But that's really dependent on on ourselves being solidly connected to Krishna through a spiritual practice. Yeah. Um, um, You know, sometimes I'm completely disconnected. Probably most, well, most of the time I'm completely disconnected from any sort of spiritual ideal or aspiration. I'm, I'm, I'm out there in the material world. Um, and there's this you know, notion we have to take care of ourselves spiritually. And I, and I see people around me suffering much worse than I am. And we're in a very wealthy, well-to-do area. So you don't even see the real suffering of the world, which is overwhelmingly incomprehensible um but i I, i'm i feel like we're treading on the line of uh oh you're really suffering you must not be taking care of yourself very well and that's so cold you know what i mean so it's like um if people aren't taking care of themselves spiritually um i don't feel like they should be criticized for that because as soon as we go down that path, then, um, you know, oh, look at that. You lost your family. Boy, how did you bring that on yourself? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah you know, obviously, if you were just in a better frame of mind and were thinking more clearly, maybe you knew some of the things that I know, your life wouldn't be such a disaster. And that's so callous. We know, can't even go you, there. I, I, I don't know how you... I, I didn't, that wasn't what I was trying to say. So I don't, did you pick that up from my... I thought I... Well, that's an interesting. Well, it's thing. a tendency of like, well, you know, I maybe I'm avoiding responsibility for for um, not being in a better place spiritually, financially, uh, health wise. You know what I mean? Like, and, and and this is a this is a sticking point between Christianity and and. Uh, Hinduism in particular, and, and here we have it too, the notion of karma versus one life. And, and with karma, it's like, yeah, well, you're going through some bad stuff, but yeah. you, you brought it on yourself. Yeah. 
And that can become um, very unfeeling. It's the opposite of the bhakti lounge. You know, it's sort of like, it's not listening. It's not like... Oh, sure. You know? Yeah, and, and, I, and yeah, the worst thing you can say to somebody that that is desperately cold and it's just your karma, you know, deal with it. Yeah, something. yeah, you'll work it off. But I, 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 yeah, so you, if I understand you correctly, that, you know, I think anybody who's on a spiritual practice who's thinking like that is really not on a very in a healthy spiritual (laughs) practice or frame of mind because what I was trying to say is that you know um, our consciousness uh, and I was trying to say that because you were saying you know the best thing you can do is serve others and help others and because that's really ultimately where you'll be most happy and stop trying to be if you try to be happy for yourself you won't won't, be happy no you won't be happy so and so yes. it doesn't matter. Yes. That doesn't matter. What matters uh, is... Right. And what I was saying, yes, that's true, but I've also seen people who, you know, um, get burnt out in service to others mm. or lose themselves in service to others or the service to others becomes a front from, for not facing some of their own mm. stuff. And, then I, and I feel that um, we should also be encouraged to really take care of ourselves, and I say physically, emotionally, and spiritually, as as part of our spiritual practice, in order to best serve others, um, to maintain our ability, like right. put on your oxygen mask, because then you'll be able to actually take care of your right, kid, right. because if you die, your kid's not going to survive very well without you. So. There's no sense of callousness in that, and if I look at people suffering in the world, they're just suffering. Karma isn't so easy. It's not black and white. It's oh, very I, I complicated. realize that. I realize that. And again, it's foolish to, you know, who's wagging the finger because, hey, what's, you know, karma is ready to pounce on me. God right. knows I was right. just innocently walking out of my house on my way to the sacred 430. You know, I wasn't even driving a fast car and I missed a step and broke my leg. That's just karma catching up with me, you know. And my point was that when I say things like, and I was just expressing my own individual reflections on it when I say things. Well, I do think, to a certain extent, we have we, we can choose to be positive in life, even in the face of many negative things. But then I also think, I really haven't earned the right to say that because I haven't really suffered terribly mm-hmm. in my life. I've had a very safe upbringing. I've had, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I think people who really have suffered in their life and can and have a level of realization that I have suffered and yet I have a really sense of myself that this life is this, you know, kind of thing happening around me, but I am not defined by those traumas or I am somebody so different than that. I am an individual spiritual person having a human experience, you know, and whether, and then at the advanced stage of that, so whether externally happiness or distress come or pain come, you know, ultimately, it doesn't touch me. But my point to you was that it's very easy to say that. It's not so very easy to go through that and actually mm. live it, and that your spiritual life is tested when that, when, when, when it comes up to you. And because I think life itself, we'd say Krishna, but you could say the universe, it, 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 it'll bring a mirror to you, and you really, it'll show up. 
the things you need to look at, the, mm. the hypocrisies we tell ourselves or the little show we put on for ourselves because we're conditioned, we're madly conditioned by, by who we think we are, who we want to be or who we, who we think we are when we face many different people. I mean, I can no. say that different people make me feel different things about myself. Mm. So we're caught in this mesh. The, the Gita says there's three modes of goodness, passion, and ignorance all kind of swirling around us. We're like in this middle of this delightful material ocean. Mm -hmm. And and what for me, the chanting, the daily practice of, mantra, of this mantra meditation really creates um, space, you know. So those things... Um, uh, they just, they have less, I don't get so lost in them, and I can see things more clearly, if that makes sense. And so being able to say, I, I can choose happiness, and yet I can also say, in, in many ways, I haven't earned the right by life experience of suffering as other people have, to be able to, to, to actually really test that hypothesis, you know. Yeah. Um, but a spiritual practice, just as much as eating well or um, having, you know, good ways to move stress out of your body or emotional or mental stress, there are ways to live better and there are ways to live worse. You know, you can eat all the wrong things or whatever. And there are ways that you can spiritually, you can do things to make you more conscious because spirituality means consciousness. And then we all say Krishna consciousness, mm. being conscious that we're conscious and mm -hmm. that we are observers of life ultimately and, and sitting in this body that was once small and now I'm mid-50s and my next interview, if it doesn't happen again for another 10 years, you know what I'm saying? This body is changing, but who am I? Who am I in this body? And that's, that's the work of, that's, spiritual life is work. It's not just coming and saying a few prayers and hoping, you know, God will solve all your problems. Krishna didn't say to Arjuna, don't worry, get off your chariot, I'm going to fight this war for you. This is like, you got to walk this. I'm here beside you, but you're doing it. So spiritual life is work, and it's the work of becoming conscious. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. I need a bumper sticker. <laughs> if I had a car, I'd put it on my car. <laughs> yeah. it's, the, it's, it's the work of, of living your best life. And here's the, here's the last thing I'll mm. say about um, one of the highlights of this year. Was I think we've, really, we've been wanting, the community here has been wanting to build a larger temple for many, many, many years. No. Uh, because the temple we currently have is is small it's a former it's, gymnasium it's a former gymnasium and um so uh, this year we turned a couple of 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 big corners oh, this is a big on that, deal. that yeah. project and i think next year will be the year of the temple it, it won't be it won't be breaking ground but it'll be really launching the capital campaign and really moving forward um with that project and i feel a lot of people are really feel that we're on target to actually do it and we're very enlivened by that and a lot of work behind the scenes because this is all the permitting work and and and, and planning work and just nitty-gritty measuring work mm -hmm. um, but there's been a lot of work going on behind the scenes of this um, this new temple project and uh, I think 
I think it'll happen. So well, what should really we know good. about this new temple? Like, what, what's 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 it going to look like? Is it going to look like something from Return of the Jedi, or <laughs> is it going to be a traditional Vedic temple? Or, well, you know what? I don't know if this is the place because I have a million questions. I mean, I want to know what are the acoustics going to be? Um, how is it going to sound? How we're but but that will all come with time. Yeah. I guess I guess that's. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's still the beginning stages, and of course, if you say is it going to be a traditional Vedic temple, you know, that's like I don't say what that that's like, but if you say a traditional Indian temple, well, do you want North Indian, South Indian, mm -hmm. you know, this side, this side, or that side? Because there's many different styles of is architecture. Is it going to be round or pointy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I I think it'll be um, a, a beautiful building. I think it'll be um, have a nice classic uh, traditional touch but but also a little modernity anyway will plans will be revealed shortly oh good um but you know we're not trying to do anything outrageous we're trying to create something comfortable and beautiful uh bigger space so and that more people can gather for kirtan yes and we really 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 plan to do a great soundscape in there so that you um and whoever whoever is running, happy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and, and if I'm not, if I'm not, I will let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about building any new project, you know, invariably, I, I it can divide a community, and for mm. me, the whole thing is that you know this has to bring us together. But you know, right. you're, you're not going to please everybody, and it's like yeah. when you publish your book and say, "Oh my." God, how did that typo get in there? No matter right. what you do, and so I'm sure we'll we'll say, what were we thinking when we? This? But we're just yeah. doing the best we can, and and yeah. you know, Krishna willing, it'll come out nicely. And yeah, and you want some architects who've maybe built a few of these before and have encountered problems, mm -hmm. so that they know what to yeah look for yeah that sort of thing yeah yeah and anything in particular on the horizon for 2018. Uh, um. No, we're going to kick in the new year with a nice 12-hour kirtan on New Year's Eve. Um, just again, I think I like your mood of just continuing to uh, be a place of um, warmth and welcome uh, and to give people, to, to for Iskand of DC to be known as a place where relationships flourish in bhakti. Uh, and I don't just mean relationships at the temple or relationships uh, with Krishna, but how this particular practice of uh, yoga, this bhakti yoga, this spiritual practice can really affect relationships in your life everywhere because you begin to see the world differently, you begin to see people differently and begin to, um, you know, be someone that can really bring a lot of goodness and a lot of, uh, a lot of support and serve others uh, in, in the way um, that can best serve them. So, and you know, another thing that that I I think is very interesting about ISKCON is that uh, you know, uh, Srila Prabhupada came here fifty years ago and he planted a seed, but nobody really knows what kind of tree this is. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, we assume it's going to grow. We assume that it's healthy enough to grow, and when it grows to maturity. I don't think we have any idea what it'll look like. You know what I mean? It's yeah. um, it's a mystery. What, in some ways, what we're growing here. Right. But I'm positive that um, 
uh, like with the kirtans and and the uh, and the lectures that whatever it is we're growing is is worthwhile and humanity will not be worse off for it you know what i mean so um well let me just add to that is there is an analogy in the chaitanya charitamrita that there's a creeper of devotion mm, mm -hmm. there's there's a plant um when you that that grows in the heart and it's watered it's watered by good hearing and good chanting good kirtan and Prabhupada one time said um shravana kirtan Hear, hearing and chanting means questions and answers as mm. well so i think if we continue to create this environment where you know relationships matter conversations matter we think carefully about making our presentations beautiful and by really uh, in, in, enlivening and valuing, you know, taking the time to make everything beautiful because we value people of taking the time to come to the temple. And, yeah. you know, just keeping all those things in mind that we do take, we create an environment which then will naturally uh, grow good things and grow good people. And I think that's what, what the founder wanted. He, more than anything else, I think, um, you know, when one time when he asked, when when somebody asked uh, asked him, how will we, how will people know your devotees? And Prabhupada said, well, they'll be perfect ladies and gentlemen. And what does that mean? Except that you know, civilized and and clean and, clean and respectful and caring and kind. You know, it doesn't have to be. Sometimes um, we talked about this earlier as well about this idea of perfection. You know, mm. we hear it a lot: the perfection of yoga and this idea that. Um, Christian consciousness is perfection, and it it is in the sense of you know the, the you know the idea of God is so perfect. But sometimes we then we think we have to be these superhuman pe beings instead of what I always felt proper was just very kind mm. and loving and concerned to yeah. help try to relieve a bit of suffering in the world or the suffering that comes uh, to your doorstep or that you can with affection. You can't. I can't solve everybody's problems. I can't solve the world's problems, but I can, to whomever I'm speaking to now, um, love them. You yeah. know, and 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 and, 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 and give them some time, and in that way, you know, their personhood is honored. Yeah. For us, personhood means the soul inside that body is honored. People in yoga often talk about the power of attention. Mm -hmm. and intention but the real power of attention is when you give it to somebody else when when you give someone your attention yeah you are doing something very powerful for that other person that is the power of attention mm -hmm. um and and i think that a lot of people suffer in fact i'm not into new age stuff really um and um there's some healing modalities that that strike me as questionable but i think that they give results because they create a forum where someone who's in difficulty or pain is listened to and touched and uh you know however you get there however you get to the point where you're listened to and you're touched means that you're on the path of healing in one way or another oh you know? yeah I would totally agree with that, and I've had my own experiences this year of 
just the power of listening and being listened to. No. Very, very powerful. Yeah. No. And um, wonderful. Things no. to look forward to. We're yes. hoping to do some uh, nice summer camps, camps for kids this year. We're hoping to revise our whole kid program at the temple. Um, hoping to improve our food for life a little bit, expand that a little bit. So, yeah. And when, when we talked the last time, you, the you, you mentioned that you would like to have a sort of a retreat center here. Mm. Any progress there? Uh, no, that will be a next phase after we, at least a uh, living retreat. Although we are looking into doing a one-day retreat, say a men's retreat or a women's retreat. Well, that's how you would start. Yeah, rather yeah. than living at the temple. So we are con- uh, look exploring hopefully exploring that for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also, uh, sometimes the Bhakti Nand has gone out to Gita Nagri on a one-day retreat, and oh. maybe we could develop that idea and yeah. do more of that. Yeah, so. it seems to me like a few hours a day is, you, you'd want to build up to a retreat center like that. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't want to just have <laughs> 10 people saying, where's the food? You know what I mean? Um <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah. Keep. Yeah, we're heading in that direction. But yeah, all good. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much for agreeing to be interviewed. Uh, thank you. Really, you know, you have been instrumental in this podcast happening. Uh, you've encouraged it, and and um, you've helped to uh, set up some interviews, some very interesting interviews. So I appreciate your help a lot, and uh, and I I'm I'm very grateful that you're the president of this temple. So here's to another glorious year. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. And uh, yes, here's to, uh, here's to a good 2018 yeah. with Krishna's blessings. Thank you for listening. Uh, you've, you've been listening to Questions for the Sages. I'm Michael Scherer. Thank you, Ananda, for agreeing to be interviewed and for all of your help and encouragement. Thanks to Rico Hayes for the theme music and to Miriam Lansky for discussions about how to approach the subject matter of the podcast. Thank you also to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland, for making this podcast possible. I'm Michael Scherer, and you've been listening to Questions for the Sages. Questions for the Sages.